Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me an- for another week is JD. How are you, mate? Not so bad. How about yourself, mate? Good, good. Um, happy anniversary. Thank you. Just quickly, we're recording a day later, so we got to record. JD had to push it back to record on his anniversary. So yes. I appreciate that. And to the wife at home, thank you for letting him come to here. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. That's off the bat. Um, Racing this weekend, mate. It was a lot on. There was, yeah. Plenty of races on. V8s and F1 again. Yep. And uh, they did a few co-driver sessions or mm. one co-driver session for the, the V8s. The additional driver session on, I think it was Friday morning. Yeah. Um, down at Ipswich, the Queensland Raceway. Yeah. The old paper clip. Give all the all the boys and girls. I don't think actually there was any girls in the, in the, pro- in the um, co-driver session. But yeah, give everyone a chance to get back out there and... Um, Feel the machinery that they're going to be driving later on in the year. Not far off the enduro season now. Mm. Uh, I think we've got one round and then we're getting right stuck into yeah, it. Yeah, we've got, what, we're at... Sydney. Yeah, I was going to say Eastern Creek, but... Sydney Motorsport Park, I Sydney believe. Sydney Motorsport Park now, yes. Um, and then, yeah, I believe we've got pretty much go straight into the enduros. Yeah, it's uh, we're about to get into the... It's a good season. The I good do part love of the, season, yeah. the enduros. Yep, and Bathurst. to be honest... Championship in the Enduros with the extra points you get mm. could really sh- be shaped in the next sort of, well, five meetings, four meetings. And that's really w- who's going to be the, the dominant one in the championship. Yeah. Who, if you get someone that streaks it away and wins uh, and h- places high in the next couple of Enduros, look out, they're going to be hard to beat oh, in the, in the championship. Oh, you get a good points yeah. through that. In the additional driver thing, um, we obviously won't. Go through all the ones, but it was good to see Todd Hazelwood top the session with a 109.75. Hasn't he really come to some form now? Todd he's is just clicking good, like, really well with the cars now and just driving. His performance this weekend, I want him in the main game. He deserves to be there. Uh, look, so he was the fastest of the co-drivers, and a few of the co-drivers did take their cars that they run in development uh, in the development series, in the uh, Dunlop Super 2 series. Yep. Uh, into the into this um, co-driver session, so you can imagine they're sort of used to the cars and stuff like that. They're all geared up, and but actually, Todd actually jumped out of a car that he's not uh, used out, to. Yeah, he's used to a triple eight current model triple eight um, Commodore Tim Blanchard's car, and jumped into a, uh, a obviously a current model VF Bradley Jones Racing Commodore. So that those two will have very different characteristics, and still bang. Fastest out of anyone. Only did eight laps. Yeah. Oh and no, that was that lap eight. No, fastest lap was a one oh nine on lap eight of fourteen. So yeah. he did fourteen laps. Yeah, and he come up against some pretty formidable opponents. Obviously mm. we got Stephen Richards. Richards in second, yeah. And a few of the other development series drivers that did really well. Um Shay Davies. Shay Davies was in third. I yeah. don't think he was I believe if you entered in the um wild card you're allowed to drive in the um additional driver practice as a bit of extra thing because it's here wait todd hazelwood's like driving the 21 car yeah, um, yeah. and shay davies just has his loco energy drink matt white motorsport car it doesn't have actually a supercar name on there but one person i didn't realize he was driving on it was bryce forward drove um Todd's car. It was a bit of a secret, to be honest. Mm. So Bryce posted up on the Thursday, stay tuned for, for Friday morning. I've got a, a pretty cool announcement to come. And he had got the call from Todd and they said, well, look, we don't have someone in for the co-driver session. Would you like to step in? 
and he grabbed it with both hands and did an outstanding did a really job. Good job. He, he, what was his fastest lap? Uh, one ten point three five eight nine. Yes. Point six of a second off Todd's lap. Yep, and it's one of the first times um, Bryce has driven on some good soft mm. compound um, tires. This will be the first time he's driven a supercar in the supercar main game setup, or second. So second. he he he's he did the, the shakedown. He drove in the shakedown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drove uh, Rick's in the shakedown. Yep, Sorry. and uh, this is the second one he's done, and yeah, really well, took it with both hands and did it outrageous job like that's really really good mm. tenth just having Excuse a quick me. look at the people that he you know the names that he was beating he was beating uh richie stanaway who was one of the standout co-drivers last year gary jacobson uh dean canto you know john o'webb warren luff all of these names are all behind him yeah so he's a great really, job. Really good job we'll jump to qualifying qualifying on the sad day quick rundown through it Scotty McLaughlin tried to make it hard for himself, but still managed to um come home with pole position. Yeah, what a heart-stopping moment he had uh, when he was out there. They the Ludo sent him out for his second run on uh, some new tyres in in the qualifying session for the sad day um, before anyone else had gone out. Early. They, he managed to do a warm-up lap. Everyone was still in, in the pits. Halfway through... Well, when he started his flyer, yeah. after he come through turn one or whatever, everyone sort of started filing out of the... um, Yeah, and uh, while he was on his flyer, they were all... Everyone in the field pretty much was uh, warming up their tyres in front of him, and he managed to do a great job. I actually thought he held his nerve really well, and everyone did a pretty good job of moving out of the mm-hmm. way. I don't think he got that compromised other than it yeah, just putting who, him off. Who was the one that... It was... Said, uh, was it Lee Holes? No. Oh, that said... No, who's the one that the commentators were saying that he actually was compromised by? There was one car that sort of was out there. Uh, I think it was one of the Lucas Dumbrell cars, to be honest. I think it was Alex Rullo. Um, might not have seen him uh, as soon. Mm. Um, but even then, I don't think he was going to get that lap in. With the no, amount of traffic. No. And, and I think that's what he said. He said, like, you know, if I didn't catch that one person... And I think Alex did actually see him at the last minute, and he did pull to the left. He was doing a bit of zigging zagging and um it scotty probably could have got past but he just didn't have the confidence that you know he had been seen so he didn't want to risk uh damage so he just pulled out of the lap and luckily enough the the car and the talent of scotty mclaughlin did a good enough job the first lap so he managed to get pole anyway so yeah he went into the pits and at that stage i was going well this has opened it up and um the man, the legend that is Craig Lowndes. Found some qualifying pace again. Great lap. Yeah. A 108.82 to Scotty McLaughlin's 108.81. How many 108s this weekend? It was getting it was out of control. Lot. Yeah. You're looking at this. The top it, eight drivers all did a 108. We were cont- contemplating at the start of the weekend, would anyone get a 108? Yeah. And then like half the field went and goes uh, set a 108. Yeah. it was, um, And it was really tight qualifying again. Um what was it? I think one tenth uh, would have got you sixth. So yep. one tenth slower than Scotty, and you were sixth. Yeah, yeah, really, really close qualifying, and uh, it was great watching. Mm. You didn't know who was going to pluck up where, and it, everyone did a um, everyone that got their clean laps in. Uh, you know, there, there was not much between them. So quickly round out the top ten: Scotty McLaughlin first, Craig Lowndes second, Chaz Mostert did a pretty good job to get third, Tim Slade fourth. 
Mark Winterbottom, the A's pro drive cars started to look good again. They're starting to get a bit more of a shine to them, aren't they? Mm. Um, Chaz, I think, for me, is the one that's really, really starting to get to the performance out of them again. The others are struggling a little bit, but um, yeah, they're, they're, here and there, they're, they're starting to get better. Got Rick Kelly. Rick Kelly's starting to be the standout Nissan this season. He Yeah, and he has been for a couple of seasons with him and um, Caruso. Caruso. Uh, the two standout drivers in those uh, Nissans. Um, and, yeah, doing a great job. Shane Van Gisberg, seventh. Michael Crusoe, eighth. Jamie Wincup, ninth. Which just shows you, you know, if you're not on the pace, he was one point, uh, point one eight eight off yeah. Crusoe. Uh, not Crusoe, off McLaughlin. And he's down ninth. Cam Waters rounded out the top ten. That's three pro drive guys in the top ten. And yeah. Jason Bright wasn't too far off in 13th. So that's just starting to get there. Jump to the race. Saturday's race, mate. Yeah. What were they thinking with Lowndes' car? Yeah. Now, my Foxtel played up at the start of the race, so I didn't get to see the jump that Lowndes did, so I didn't even get to see him lead. Yeah. Well, he, he was he was um, got a good start. Scotty had to concede for a second, and uh, you could I think you could pretty much straight away see that Scotty had more pace in his car than Lowndes did. Mm-hmm. I think they must have gone wrong with Lowndes' setup because he did struggle a little bit in the car. Um, for someone that's had great race pace the rest of the year, they've unlocked some qualifying pace and lost a bit of his race pace. But that pit stop so early, I think lap four or something, they yeah, pitted him. Yeah, he did pit really early because they're sort of like, oh, you're battling in with Scotty, pit now. And you're like, oh, man, you're going to go run a long... It was 39 laps. To pit lap four or five, you know, you've got, you're doing 34, 33 laps on a set of tyres. Yeah, and I think run. it was just too much. Uh, he lost a bit of pace towards the end, and he ended up having to um, settle for fifth, basically, mm. from looking quite a good qualifying. Like, fifth's not too bad, but you know, going, back, going back uh, three places to fifth is not so good. One of the people that had a shocking sad day was Jamie Wincup. Yeah. He finished 20th. Yep. Now, that's probably due to... The longer pit stop that he had to do. Yeah, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? it yeah, the um, the air jack. Well, the um, the spike. The spike was not working, I assume. And then they changed the bottles as well. Over. Yeah, they said just precautionary, but then they ended up coming up with it was the spike mm. that was the problem. Because it was ten seconds, he pretty much just had to sit there. Fuel guy got in, and there's oh crap, we're not up. Take that out. So they got away with that because you're not allowed to put that in. Yeah, obviously While the car's on, on the ground. Yeah. But no fuel went into the car, so apparently that's a little loophole. Yeah, but how did no fuel go into the car? Because it definitely looked like it got engaged. I don't know, man. They they basically... They would have looked s- through the data or something to no, prove. No, what, what, I, read, I read something on it, and they right. basically said they had to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, that the team said no fuel went in, and they said, well, there's no way to prove whether fuel went in or not. Um, yeah. So basically, they had to give him the benefit of the doubt, and they they allowed it to pass. Uh, look, I think as soon I as I think when you're going to kick a man when he's down, he's already gone back to twentieth. So I don't, I don't think it, he needed any more yeah, punishment. Yeah, didn't need <laughs> any more punishment. But when they're doing the pit stops like this, you know, the, everyone is on it. Like the gun guys are already lined up that nut before it's up in the air. The fuel guys, you look at nearly everyone. No one waits for the cars in the air before they put the fuel in. They, as soon as that car's stopped, fuel's in, yeah. car's up. Yeah, so exactly. I don't think the guy on the fuel, gu- the 
what do you call it? This, the refueling area. Yeah. He um he didn't do anything wrong. I think he just was like, I'm doing my no, job, no, get I'd... it in the hole, and then was like, as soon as he realized it wasn't up, pulled it straight out. I agree with you 100. percent It definitely seemed a bit like, you know, there was not much he could do. Yeah. You know, his may reaction got time was still extra, fairly um, fairly quick. I think he got with it, got it out within a couple of seconds or a second. Mm. Uh, just a bit enough not going to sneak up. a little bit more fuel in. Like, cause yeah. you're going to need it now, Jamie, because we dropped your wheel back in the field. <laughs> yeah. From rich to the end. That was that was not a good way for um, Jamie to start. Not when they're looking like one of the, the closest in the championship and it blew it out a little bit. There's a bit of a points lead now, but um, yeah, not, not, not the best for them. Big field this weekend, it actually. It was. 30 cars the, in the field. It was good. Did you like it? Do you want? I'd, do you yeah. want more cars on the field? I think. I think. Yeah. I think we could deal with that every weekend. To be honest, um, some of the venues we go to might not be so good for catering yeah. pits wise. Well, Most I think for one, I don't think we would have enough in t- in Darwin to fit thirty. Yeah, I think we had twenty four this year, and that was max. Oh, uh, yeah, but we can kick Dunlop out and Hot yeah. Wheels. Well, Hot you Wheels talk were about... already kicked out this year. Oh, they, they were, were kicked yeah. out, weren't they? Um, yep. Who else could we kick out? I think there was a media pit bay, yep. and that was about it. I don't think Dunlop no, even. I swear we've got there. like thirty garages. Mm. Well, I looking at twenty-six, the I think, or something like that. Doing our usual jump all over the shop. Yeah. Um, yes, Michael. Tell me more. Tell you more. The we all know that QR Raceway is looking at getting an upgrade. Even then, they're only looking at putting thirty-two pit garages in. So, yeah. you know, I mean, they'd lay out, their proposed layout for that new track actually doesn't look too bad. I'll link it and put it in the show notes. What are your thoughts on the new adjusted bent paperclip? I like it. It definitely looks a lot more appealing to the eye. It'd be interesting to see once it's built. I guess you never really know how good they're going to be until, until they actually yeah, are there's racing on it. Because you look at the paperclip, unfortunately, sorry, all the Queenslanders out there, but it's not the most appealing track on the on paper. It, it doesn't look very. When good. When you look at it, some rate some tracks you look at on paper just as the design of the layout of it, and you're like, well, "That's gonna be boring," and it can produce really good racing. And yeah, other tracks you like, one of them. other tracks you look at going, "Oh, look at this! You got nice turns through here, and you got some good passing opportunities." And you're like, "Oh, there's so many things not. that go into passing opportunities and uh, good racing, like just strategic racing, you know." track surfaces and stuff like it's a tire dig and mm. you know length of races and style of racing and stuff everything goes into it and yeah well it'll be interesting to see i this is the second one they've come up well i've seen them come up with yeah. so far that they've announced and uh released images of it does look a lot more appealing and it does look good i'll link the picture in the show notes the layout doesn't look too bad to be honest um it does look interesting, and, and uh, by the, the sketches and stuff they've got of it, it does look quite good. The track definitely needs a revamp. It needs a pit. I I don't know why, but I was not aware of how bad the pits were at Queensland yeah, Raceway. they're not appealing at all. Anyway, back onto the Saturday race. I want to ask you something about Saturday races. Do they need to be longer? Do you reckon we could just do two 200k races? I think so. These 120k races are just getting a bit... It's like a 120-kilometer um, qualifying session. Yeah, the, I think we need to shake it up again. I I don't want to go back to what we did last year. I think we went no. the wrong way last year. Yep. 
Um, and we definitely yeah. went the wrong way when we did those split races with the rolling starts. Yeah. Aren't okay. they good that they're gone? Yeah, well, that was only last year, I think, wasn't it? Or was nah. that the year before? The one where they did the rolling starts, that was like two seasons ago? Yeah, the 60s. dangerous. Yeah, the 60s, 60s. Because um, then we end up just going to like two smaller races on Saturday. Yeah, I think we, we need to bring something back in, maybe a longer race with them, so we can get a bit more strategy in there. Is uh, it that much harder to do two 200k races? Is it going to put that much more strain on the cars? I think it is a lot harder on the cars. Um, you're pretty much doubling the race distance for the Saturday race. So, yeah, I think there would be a bit more wear and tear and stuff like that. Um, maybe some of the small teams probably can't. I'm sure they'd have to budget it. Mm. But, um, yeah, I definitely think you put that over a season, it's going to add some expense to uh, to the the teams and some of the small teams might struggle. Because I really like the fuel strategy aspect of the Sunday yeah. races. Yeah, I agree. And, and so now and the Saturday races are just seen very, I don't know, standardized now. At least on Saturday, Shane ran long. He was one of the few cars to run long, and he got the reward of the fresher tyres at the end. Yeah, but he was look, quite strong coming home at the end, wasn't he? Mm, he was did exactly what he did last year when he did the same thing. It just, I don't know, I quite like the fuel strategy and just they're like, oh, but everyone has to pit and change two tyres. You're like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't yeah. really shake up the fuel too much. The only time that can have consequence effects is like wind cup where you have a, a mistake or a problem stop. yeah yeah i i think we could definitely work on it don't get me wrong the the racing in v8s is very strong at the moment and the the caliber of the field and how close all the teams are now is better than we've seen in years decades whatever mm. it, it it is actually something that worries me about going to this gen 2 of the car of the future are we going to lose some of this tight racing where the teams are very compacted and engines are going to be different and stuff like mm. that? Are we going to have to handicap cars or something to make them closer again? I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it it is interesting. Yeah, well, Scott McLaughlin come home for the race win on the Saturday. Chaz Mostert second and Shane Van Gisbergen third. Uh, qualifying on the Sunday was pretty much, well... What they say, the top seven drivers are the top seven in the championship. Yeah, which was pretty funny, wasn't it? I mm. didn't realise that until they brought that up on TV. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott McLaughlin, once again, he was sort of in a league of his own. Chaz Mostert did really good. He had, Chad Mostert just had a very solid weekend, good recovery. They're looking, Showed yeah. back to the pace that they should be at. Yeah, they're definitely the pick out of the PRA guys. Um that he's just working so well with his engineer and it's coming into a good time of year and fingers crossed for the Enduros, we can see Chaz back up there again. Jamie Wincup managed to fix his issues from the sad day on Sunday, qualified third. Fabian Coulthard, he's someone that seemed to like lost that championship lead and just had a horrible run ever since. He has, hasn't he? He's not... Because he didn't do too I well I don't know if they're developing the car or something and the car development's gone away from him or he's just lost a bit of confidence or he's not working as well with his engineer, but... Something seems to have happened. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's a bit worrying for him. He needs to get that sorted so he can uh, obviously get back in the lead and uh, fight Scotty for the championship. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen in fifth. And Mark Winterbottom sixth. Craig Lowndes seventh. Any notable... Davey Reynolds didn't have the qualifying pace that he's been showing the last couple of rounds. No, I think maybe they worked a lot more on race, race pace, pace in practice. Because he's really been suffering from race pace 
Yeah, he's been looking like a legend in qualifying and then come race pace, he hasn't had the pace. Mm. Uh, they've been chewing tyres like you wouldn't believe and stuff like that. So uh, I definitely feel like that that's something they're trying to rectify and they worked hard on that. And, um, yeah, Todd did well to qualify 21st, which was two positions higher than the next wild card. So that was really good. Simona still, I know we touched on her before and saying that, you know, she's still struggling. She Another struggled. new track. I yeah. know. And this track th- is something we were talking about before with the, the, the track layout. But although it looks simple on, on paper, is one of the harder tracks. So there's only six corners, so you've got to maximize every, every corner. Pr- yeah. And if you get one corner wrong, it then it basically punishes you the whole length of the next straight. Mm. So it's something that's really Really hard to get right, and if you don't get it at hundred percent right, you pay. And this and is a couple test of tenths track a for a lot of teams. So, like, you got people like Lowndes that's done, oh, god knows how many laps around this track. Well, yeah, it's the it's the Queensland based test track. So, obviously, Simona's test track is um, Winton. Winton yep. So they they don't get any extra laps around here a year. They get the ones they turn up for, and that's it. All right, jump to. Sunday's race. Oh, Sunday's race, sorry. Sunday's, race yep. 16 of the championship. Chaz Mostert just... I'm just going to start at the top this week. Last week, we really said we're going to start at the top again. We start at the bottom. So we'll start <laughs> at the top. Chaz yes. Mostert just did a great drive this weekend. Like, we talked about literally minutes ago. But during the race on Saturday, he... Yeah. He looked good. He did. He did. Um, I think Jamie actually said something... Watched an interview with Jamie after the race. I don't know if you caught that one. No. And um, it was pretty much straight after the race in the pits. And he said, well, we screwed up today. So Jamie ended up coming home in fourth. And they were looking pretty good for second. Yeah. And he said, we chased the win today when we really should have consolidated. Yeah, that's right. He said we went too aggressive. We weren't going to win it. He's like, we didn't have the pace to win. And we should have noticed that. And then consolidated what we had and come home for second. And just locked in second because he believed they could have had second in the bag. And um, I think he was right, to be honest. Mm. I think Chaz was in a bit of a league of his own. He's a bit more like Scotty was on the, the sun uh, Saturday race. But unfortunately, they went aggressive, tried to beat Chaz, and it cost them. Mm. Well, Scotty lost out at the start of Sunday's race. Yeah, it was very much like Townsville again, wasn't it? Well, Scotty was in a league of his own Saturday, and then Sunday... But I was also very surprised at the start. Like, Scotty's normally a really good starter. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, on the Sunday, just didn't get off the line. Um, Jay, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen and Craig Lowndes, didn't they have a battle all day on Sunday? Yeah, they were so close the whole day. It was um, it was, was pretty sh- good to watch. Lowndes was shadowing him. Yep. If he pits, you pit. And yeah. I'm like, like, I know they don't have to, you know, you can do that because you're not sharing it. You, they don't Pit-boom. share a boom. But... He's your teammate. You don't normally shadow your teammate and be that. Well, and they weren't exactly um, just giving, laying off each other and just cruising. Mm, they were, they were proper pushing. sparring. They yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good to watch. It was actually one of the mo- more entertaining um, battles through the race. Well, when Shane came out of the car at the end, and uh, Rihanna interviewed him in the after the race in the winners area. Yeah, the podium area. Um, he said, "Oh, I had a great battle with Lowndes all day. It was really good and." So he obviously quite enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, it was it was it was a tight battle, and um, Lowndes didn't probably show the at the end there with coming home sixth, and Shane obviously coming home in third. But Shane did a great job at the end of the race, um, 
on the, the tires after the safety car mm. and just managed to come home for third and really, really strong at the end. Well, Jamie D- uh, Wincup did a very good team thing and pretty much let Shane go by. Yeah, he um, did. He did. Um, I think they were basically trying to let Shane catch up to Scotty, Scotty. McLaughlin. Um, and it, Shane just didn't quite get there, didn't have the time. Right, because actually we haven't even talked about it. Um, Scafie wasn't even at the ground this weekend. He was sick. No, Scafie was sick. Um, yeah. Warren Luff jumped in. At the start, I didn't even know who was in. I actually like Luffy on the... On I the, quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, he he did a really good job. Well, he's really well spoken. I think Luffy d- does a great job when he jumps in to commentate on any of the categories because he does do it for the Porsches and stuff yeah, and yep. other rounds. Um, I think he does a great job of it, and yeah, it was it was nice to see him. Maybe he's got a a career opportunity later on. Maybe, maybe you never know because um, well, we'll touch on later with the Formula One, but you know, yeah, we all had guest commentators this weekend. We did, we did. But we'll finish off this. Um, Fabian Coulthard, good result to come home fifth. He yeah. sort of k- stayed out of trouble most of that race. I sh- I don't remember seeing him too much in the. No, he was just sort of. Dancing around at the back of the top five there and um, managed to come home for fifth and get some points that he, he well needs. Mm. Um, yeah, Craig Lowndes, six. And we'll check out where Todd finished. 18th on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, really 18 good. out of 30 yeah. is not bad. Not Up bad two at positions all. from where he qualified. Well, he's come away from the weekend really, really happy. Um, You'd have to. The performance he put in this weekend is like someone... People are definitely looking at him going, well, who can we get rid of in our game? Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's definitely shown his, his pace and his worth now. Um, so maybe if he doesn't get a, a main game drive next year, maybe look for Eight or a PRA or someone to pick him up as a co-driver. co-driver. I think he's well and truthfully worth the money and um, it'd be good to see him up there in one of those big teams. Mm. Not taking anything away from BJR. I think they've definitely got a good, strong pairing this year. But um, getting getting up with one of those big teams might even help develop him some more as well. And um, old mate Michael Caruso. He wasn't running. overly happy, was he? No, he wasn't. Now, I'm Warren Luff pretty much told him that, mate, you turned in on him. Mm. You didn't let him pass. I'd, is it? Do you think he's just like, oh, get these wild cards out of my way? Like thinking they'll sort of give him a bit more room. Maybe yeah, I don't know what he thought. A little I, bit. I don't know what he thought. To be honest, he come in scathing. We're, t- we're and talking I about the incident between Michael Caruso and Jack LeBron. We should probably talk about the actual incident. So if you didn't catch the races on the weekend, Caruso was coming through and passing one of the, the other Nissan, and, and and it's actually a wild car, a wild card mm-hmm. driven by Jack LeBron and. As he was passing him, I think it was turn four, possibly. I, I, I can't remember. Anyway, he was there's at the exit of turn four. He basically wiped his nose across the front of Jack LeBrock. Jack LeBrock now was already over near the curb. Yeah, he, he was had, out quite there was, wide. There was no more track for Jack to really go on. So the only options Jack had was hold his ground and hope that Caruso didn't uh, crash into him or lift out of the throttle. Now, Caruso kept coming out wider and wider and wider. They c- touched wheels, front wheel to a back wheel. Caruso's car had quite a lot of damage, and so did Jack's. Mm. Oh, it it put them both, the front. Out of the, both out of the race. Yeah, it busted the front wheel on Jack's. Like, it was 
Yeah, well, it collapsed the front upright. It, yeah. it was it was pretty big damage. Now Caruso come back into the pits and went up to Scotty Sinclair, the Nissan manager, and was basically talking with his hands and going off a lot. Well, this is the second wild card run in that Caruso's had. Yeah, and the other one was they, Shea Davies, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. No, it was because LeBrock only raced here and NT, like yeah. Darwin. Yeah. Um. So. When they interviewed him, he didn't have very nice things to say. He basically didn't want to say too much, but the, what he was putting out there was not great. No. For no. wild cards. Um, and, yeah, I, I didn't actually see the interview with LeBrock. Did he say Le, much? Yeah, LeBrock was actually like, well, I, you know, I was having a tough, tough battle out there and uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. And um, I had an incident with Michael. It's a real shame because it's put us both out. Um, but he, he was actually quite good about it, to be honest. He was like, ah, oh, it's, you know, we're both out of the race now. It's not overly great. Um, you know, Michael kind of cut across the front of me. I had nowhere to go. Mm. He wasn't really, uh, blaming Caruso too much, but he was also, you know, holding his ground saying, don't point yeah. the finger at me. I'm not the one at fault here. Well, yeah, like we said, Warren Luff was basically like, maybe Caruso needs to go back and watch the replay a little bit and just go, you did turn across him? Yeah, I think I think that's the same for most drivers. You you come back and you've had... You're at the heat of the moment. Heat of the moment, and you, 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 you look you look through rose-tinted glasses sometimes as well. You you think, you, you know, I'm not in the wrong at all, and you, you come back and you look at a replay like, of something oh, and go, that well, was I probably could have given car. him a little bit more room or... Maybe I did pinch a wheel coming in there and I did rub up against him a little bit hard or whatnot. You know, th- there's a lot of things like that. All right. So, overall from the race, um, Scott McLaughlin's just... Do you reckon he's got this championship in the bag now? Like I said, it could all be turned on its head. If he doesn't have a good enduro season... All right. Well, ah, oh, so a little bit more information coming about the Super Utes. Hilux is in it. Yeah, there's um, a few more people are joining the game too. Want to want to drive them next year? It looks like they're going to have a, f- a decent field of them now as well. So that's the good. thing that I noticed is why is the Hilux the only one in the Super Utes with a bull bar on the front? <laughs> like, is it, it actually going to have the bull bar? You would hope so. <laughs> like, it would definitely help in Ute racing, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you had a bull bar and you could sort of like, well, I've got this big alloy metal thing at the front of me. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Try it out. But like, if you brake check me. <laughs> I think that it might uh, upset the handling of the cars a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. But yeah, there's not too much else on the Utes except for the Hilux that I saw. They don't look too bad. They're starting to look a little bit. Um, That's actually something I wanted to talk about. Sorry to yeah. cut off the Ute talk. Uh, the Minge's drift demos basically got told, uh, no more. don't bother, don't bother at, um, the last event at Ipswich. Mm-hmm. They said, uh, V8 supercars come through and basically said, we're not really interested anymore. It's become a little bit monotonous and boring. Need to go out and reconfigure how you're doing your demos and maybe make it a bit more exciting. So they actually got dropped from the event very late in the day, like very late. Just, I think the announcement was made on the Thursday or something. Um, and yeah, so that, that was a real shame. Uh, 
Mingay's come out and said, don't worry about it. We're, we're going to reconfigure it and make it more exciting and stuff. And we'll be back next meeting. So, so. Wh- what do you think? Like, I, these, I guys have, these guys have come to Darwin several times. and Every year, I think. Pretty much for the last decade, I reckon. The highlight of the Hot Wheels cars this year was the Mustang going in the wall on Friday. The Camaro. The Camaro, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not that... I understand where supercars is coming from with that. No, I agree. I agree. They just go out. It's the same. Do, it's the same every year. And do it, pair they, driving. They, don't get me wrong. It is exciting. They are good. They're to watch. great drivers. Yeah, you know they're doing things that I can't do, but mix it up a little. Yeah, they, they, I think they definitely need to bring something else to it. So, I know they they try to use different cars and do different things and stuff like that, but I think they definitely need something more. Jumping to the other category that we look at, the Formula One. Wow, wasn't this a weekend full of promise? It was. It was for Australians out there. It was um, looking quite interesting on the Friday. We had Danny Ricciardo setting these great times during practice. Yeah, um, yeah. Practice one set the fastest with a one eighteen four. Practice two set the fastest with a one eighteen four. Practice three he was not the fastest. Yeah, practice three, he had a failure. Basically, a hydraulic failure. That's right. So they, the car was not changing gears properly. Um, well, I actually think it was electrical in the end, but they they basically at the time said that it was a hydraulic failure and uh, he had to park it, which was really unfortunate because it really affected his qualifying. Well, in the qualifying, he... um. So the qualifying... Sebastian Vettel got pole. Yep. Uh, he was... Kimi Raikkonen, the Ferraris are on song uh, with a 1-2 in the qualifying. Um, Valtteri Bottas coming in third. Lewis Hamilton fourth. Max L- in fifth. Lewis struggled. He did struggle. So much through qualifying. We actually watched this um, Saturday night and a couple of mates over and we we're watching it. And you just... You're watching him through... I don't know which sections, but anyway, you're watching him there and he's just... He's having to fight the wheel. He he didn't look smooth. He didn't look comfortable in the car. Th- and then he got on the radio complaining about these vibrations. I think there was um, a lot that wasn't talked about. With Basically, it is it has changed direction, this track. It's a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a lot more corners in it. And the Mercedes are a very long wheelbase car. So they're stable, but stable not for change of direction. So places like Silverstone with really fast, long corners. And I think this probably should have been brought up last meeting a bit more to make people more aware of it. Everyone's going, Ferrari's lost their pace and Mercedes have just outdeveloped Ferrari, yada, yada, yada. I think Ferrari wasn't suited as well to, I could be wrong here. Don't, you know, you're never wrong. Uh, I don't think they were suited as well to the, the fast-paced um, tracks. tracks. Well, this they're saying is like the closest track to um, the Hungaro ring is Monaco. Monaco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's what cost Mercedes a little bit. There were lots of other things like, you know, basically this whole year to get pace out of the cars, you've got to be able to turn the tyres on. on. And people have been struggling with from one meeting to the next of getting consistency of being able to turn the tires on. Well, it seems to be the Mercedes are doing, I'm just looking here, Ferrari, both Ferraris did 14 laps in qualifying, both Red Bulls, 14 laps, Hulkenberg, 14 laps, 
Valtteri Bottas, 18 laps, and Lewis Hamilton, 18 laps. They're doing, you know, a lot more laps to the other guys that are around them that are just being able to get out there, do the times nice and early. Because I think Hamilton chucked that extra set of tires on in Q2. Both yeah. Mercedes actually went out twice in Q2 with no need. I sat there going, watching it, going, ah, oh, Ricardo won't go out again. I'm like, he's not in the drop zone. He's close to it. Worst comes worst, I think he'll finish ninth in Q3, in Q2. Yeah, yeah. Called it. He didn't need to go out again. One of our mates, Stuart, good listener, shout out to Stuart, was very impressed I managed to call that. I'm like, nah, Ricardo won't go out. He's like, oh, you know, he's, he's six. Like, he'll be fine. It Look is. at his time. Well, close enough. Both McLarens got into Q3. Yeah, and uh, and the Renault. And the Renault. Yep. Mm. Um, the other Renault managed to fall just short, Jolly and Palmer. He which does is that. He does that. He's, he's a couple of times he's finished 11th, uh, started 11th now. Yeah, I think he's finished 11th three or four times now this year as mm. well. In qualifying. Uh, in, in, in the race as well. Yeah, true. Cause he hasn't yeah. scored a single point this year mm. where, um, Nico Hulkenberg's actually doing quite a good job in consistently getting into the points. There has been a lot of talk with, they, they drive, that team is more like a, uh, Ferrari team at the moment where there's a definite one and a definite two driver and Nico gets all the development parts. I can kind of understand that now though, because Hulkenberg's proved himself straight away since the start of the season. And, oh, and Palmer's now been in, this is his second season with Renault, and he's still... Yeah, he's struggling. Struggling. He's struggling. Uh, his days are probably numbered. I know that we were talking only last uh, thing that we thought... Was testing. Maybe he would not even be in the car this meeting. Maybe Carlos Sainz might be. Yeah, well, our whole episode last week was all about how Carlos Sainz was going to Renault before the Hungary ring, and... Guess what? It's all been closed down now. It's done. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so interesting. So if you haven't listened to last episode, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, both Force Indias did not make Q3. They were definitely not as strong this weekend compared to their, their weekends they've been having. No. Uh, it was the same for the Hasses. were really, really struggling this weekend. Mm. Someone yeah. that... We haven't really talked about yet. Yeah. Big thing. Felipe Massa was sick. Yeah. Big thing Martin Brundle had, apparently. Yeah, and it, by the sounds of it, it's been going through the paddock. They they were talking that there's rumours that there's been 10 people taken ill with this sickness really? in the paddock. Yes. So okay, well, I did know that apparently Martin Brundle got sick in the Mercedes area, so if Brundle and Hamilton can go hang out with each other <laughs> just before Spa. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it... it, it Apparently, it gives you like vertigo and you get dizzy mm. and uh, yeah, blanking and passed out and collapse in the hospitality section. Yep, and quite quite violently ill. So, what we are talking about is the fact that Massa could not race. Paul Deresta, who had this weekend, his job was commentating for Sky F1 to fill in for Martin Brundle, who's not feeling well. Yeah. What did he have to do this weekend, Michael? I think Saturday morning he got the call up going, you might be driving the Williams today. Well, so I was listening, I've listened to a lot of it actually now, and they basically come out and said they had inkling, well, Massa come in Friday saying, I'm not feeling that great, did the practices. Then Friday night they actually pulled 
Massa's seats out, put Duresta's seats in and all the pedals for Duresta because mm-hmm. he has to actually do some stuff for the FIA. He has to be able to get out of the car properly, yeah, yep. show them that he can get out quick enough. He has to show them that obviously he fits the seats properly and a few other tests they've got to do with um, with Paul. So he they did all of, all of those Friday night. So this is how much they were worried about Massa not being able to make it on, on the Saturday mm. or Sunday. Uh, Massa went out Saturday Mid morning, obviously for the practice three. Practice three, uh, and I, th- I can't remember how many laps he managed to do, but it wasn't many. It was like six or seven laps, and then he pulled in, and he was out of the car with quite a long time to go in the session. Can you change driver? You can mid session. I think you can, but the problem they had was if Paul Dresta was in the comments. Too, oh, it oh. takes too long. So um, mm. Paul Dresta wasn't commentating at that stage. Um, he doesn't do the the practice sessions, so, uh, but it takes quite a long time to fit the seats, change the pedals. It, it's probably at least an hour of of work to be done. Uh, they prep the car and uh, they basically come and had discussion and then made the announcement that Massa was going to sit out and Paul was going to do the qualifying and the race. Well, what a way! It's the first time to drive this. He hasn't driven this car before. Never, hasn't driven, he hasn't driven the Williams. Yeah, only and in the simulator. Big so difference between Sim Two and the and the and the actual car. Too. So Paul went out and did eleven laps in Q One. Yeah, they they basically I said that they were, it was quite interesting with Paul going into the car as well. They were very open with what was going on and stuff like that. Uh, Paddy Lowe basically come out and said, "Look, we're just going to put some tires and fuel the car right up, and tell Paul." to just go do practice. as many laps as he can because this is essentially his practice mm-hmm. and build up, build up and build up and build up and build up. And then at the end, they gave him a new set of tires to put on for the very end of it and go out and do his fastest lap he could. Well, the last five laps that he did in qualifying, each one of them was getting quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah. I think he dropped, uh, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but there was a good chunk of time from the fifth lap his first lap to his fifth lap was significantly quicker. And, I mean, for someone that's jumped straight into the car that's never driven the car, like, yeah, we know Paul Duresta can drive. Yeah, he he's, he won the, he actually won the DTM round there about four weeks before mm. the Formula One round. So he knows how to pedal a vehicle, but when you get into one of these cars, these drivers have... The car, like, all right, he's got that molded seat in, they've adjusted the pedal box, but the rest of the car is pretty much all designed around Massa. These yeah. ones have, you know, had countless... Not countless hours, but you know, if they had what what round are we up to? Um, Super Formula One don't tell you what round number, but either way, we you know we're at the halfway we're point of the season now. Yeah, everyone else has had all these other races. Paul Deresta jumped in to go out and do the one nineteen eight that he did. Great job. Yeah, he did an absolutely cracking job. There was only 0.7 of a second between him and Lance Stroll, mm. although Lance did get a little bit held up and. By Danny Kvyat, yep, basically held him up on one of his fastest laps, but still you can't take anything away from Paul Deresta. He did a massive effort to be able to even get within three seconds of the of the, the times. Yeah, that we were wasn't out there. even the slowest out there. No, but no. didn't Sky want to let you know that Paul Deresta was racing on the yeah. Saturday because I one of the first times I actually watched all the pre-show. Yeah. And oh God, was the number of times they're like, and Paul Deresta, our Sky Sports commentator. Yeah. I'm like, we get it. We get it, mate. We get it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He's driving. He's doing a good job. 
But Claire Williams actually come out and said that she's really happy that they've got Paul DeResta as the reserve driver because you've got these other teams that their reserve drivers like a uh, Formula Two driver that's yeah. never done, never had any seat time, never raced Formula One before. And could you imagine getting them the call up before qualifying? Going, oh, by the way, you're jumping in this car now. You got to do the race and qualifying. Yet no practice. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's she's saying scary. <laughs> there needs to be some rules or some change to allow them to have a bit more practice or get a few laps under their belt. These reserve drivers, in case they do need to get called up. Yeah, it, it's hard, but because everything's so limited for a reason, because of costs, um, and. If there's a loophole and people can get practice, people are going to use it. And they do these hard. young driver testing and stuff. Can't they at least do a day or something? Maybe do. Well, I think that's what all those young driver testings are for. But they're for your co-drivers and stuff. Your mm. your set third driver um, to develop. So wow. and also to test what your maybe star of the future, maybe how good they work with the team and whatnot. Maybe. But jumping to the race. Yes. We'll start at the bottom of this list. Yeah, well, first DNF. Dano Ricardo. Pretty a controversial good st- one too, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I watched the onboard with Max. He got a great start. He did. He did get a good he start. He almost ran into the back of Kimi. Well, it was a bit weird to be honest. Was it Kimi th- kind of propped at the first corner, didn't he? Yeah. And because Max I'm like, I don't think Max was like breaking suit. Like he was, Max breaks late. We all know Max is super aggressive on the first couple of laps. It's the easiest place to make up positions. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think Max was like really breaking super, super late into turn one. But then when you watch the onboard, like when he gets in turn one, all of a sudden there's a bloody Ferrari parked there. Did yeah, yeah. It, a little bit? Just I, sort of I think it did. I think it put him off a little bit and... um that's where it all started to sort of unravel for Max, I think. Yeah, well, then, um, who was it? Battery or, Bota- or Hamilton? Bottas. Got stuck in the Red Bull sandwich. Yeah, he kind of pushed out a little bit wide, which ran Max off a little bit off the corner. Daniel was up Daniel the inside. Daniel took the, the run up the inside and had a cracking overtake there. Mm. And Daniel basically got two cars for the price of one. Yep. Uh, and then as they come up to turn two, Max, this is where it all went. Pear-shaped, big time. And uh, Daniel Ricciardo wasn't overly happy. Daniel, all of a sudden, it gave quite a lot of room on the inside and the car that was on the inside managed to pinch a couple of front brakes and didn't turn and basically ran straight into the side of Daniel. And then the rest of of it was history. Daniel come over the radio and said, was that who I think it was? And they said, yes, mate. And he went, a few expletives. Yeah. A couple Sore of F-bombs. Yeah. Um, not a very happy, smiling Dan Ricardo he like normal. He still was smiling, even in the in the pick paddock in the interview area. He was yes. still smiling. I don't think it's a good smile. But he was more of a gritting his teeth with his <laughs> mouth, you know, looking like he's smiling. He was not happy. He had some very strong words to say against Max. I think he was just so disappointed because I actually think Daniel Ricciardo, showing on the pace that he had earlier in the weekend and then looking at what happened in qualifying, should have been further up the grid. So Ricciardo, even with the lack of uh, P3 running, was only one-tenth away from Hamilton's time. Mm. So he would have probably at least been in front of Hamilton, but his eyes were maybe even towards a front row. 
start. Um, and then he made a lot of noise, I guess you would say, Saturday evening and said, watch me tomorrow. I'm going to be moving up. I'm going to be moving up and trying to get a podium. And uh, I might not have very many friends by the end of the race. Oh, I didn't see what he was yeah, posting so he's Saturday tr- night. Yeah, yeah. So he said, watch me. I'm going to be going hard because it was, this is one of their best opportunities for Red Bull. To well, he win. won it in 2014 or 15. 14, 15, 14, 14, and he got a second last uh, last year. Was it second or third? Mm-hmm. And the year before, he got a second, I think. So it's a track that he does very well at. It's a track Basically, that suits the Red Bulls. He was going to be moving forward, watch him, and that was all brought pretty short after the second corner where Max hit him. It actually managed to punch her through the side pod and then uh, punch the a hole straight into the radiator and fluid went everywhere. Yeah, that was... Because see, when we f- when he first hit, it, and then you could sort of see the spray coming off. I first thought, oh, tire rubbing, but yeah. then you can see the fluid that he dropped, and that's why he span. Like, because it wasn't a puncture or anything; he's just put so much oil and fluid and stuff all over his tire. wheels, and yeah. just sp- like one good thing though. If you ever want to want to know what those Red Bull cars look with a gloss finish, <laughs> you got to see it on Ricardo's car when it was on the back of that tilt tray. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, it's. Not too bad in gloss, I guess. Yeah, shouldn't see it in gloss, but you know that's what happens. So that was a real that was a real downer from uh, from the start of the race. Mm. Unfortunately, that happened, and uh, poor old Daniel Ricciardo had to walk back to the pits. Probably a good thing. Turn Gave him a bit of time cool to down. calm down. Yeah, hey, come back in. It was a few interesting things going on. Uh, they obviously played the the footage of him talking to Helmut Marco and uh, waving his ha- hands around and then going over to Christian Horner and stuff like that. I think he was just making his case for, please, someone needs Put to him, sit Max yeah. down and say, all right, the problem's happened. This cannot happen again. And you need to respect your teammate a bit more. Yeah, well, he is one of those ones that, like we said, is very aggressive off the start. Um, Roman Grosjean didn't have a great race. He DNF'd on lap 20. Paul Deresta, unfortunately for his massive return, he had to DNF. Yeah, they had a oil leak problem. Oh, is that what that was? I wasn't sure because I just remember hearing the radio. They're like, all right, sorry, Paul. We're going to have to bo- retire the car, box this lap. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. Um, he, they had an oil leak problem. They're not sure where it was coming from, but they they, they noticed on the telemetry that they were must have been losing pressure or something. Um, or the level was going down. Something was happening. And, yeah, unfortunately for Paul, who, who was doing a pretty good job. Mm. He wasn't last. He... Um, did you see the radio message from Kimmy? No. All right, so uh, Paul DeResta must have annoyed Kimmy a little bit. Sorry, I did, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, you jogged my memory then. Yes, I do remember this message. It was a <laughs> it was, um, little bit of wit from uh A little bit Kimmy. from Kimmy. Basically, he was like, I don't think Paul, Paul didn't get out of the way as early as Kimmy really wanted him to, but it was around the corner and... You know, and Kimmy's basically just gone, what is this Williams guy doing? You know, if he's not going to look in his mirrors or ace, he should just go back to reporting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? It was, um, it was a little funny. Hulkenberg, who was running in the points all day, unfortunately also had to DNF. Yes. Another controversial thing that happened with him as well. With Grosjean. Oh. Uh, Ma- Magnuson. Magnuson. Yes. Well, you can suck my balls, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. So, 
Grosjean and um, Nico had a little bit of a incident at the start of the race. Uh, Nico escorted Grosjean a little bit wide, ma- made him put two wheels off. Made him put two wheels in the air. And they had a bit of contact and stuff as well. Uh, Magnussen actually witnessed all that. And he was right behind. His, and come on his radio afterwards and said, if it's okay for um, Nico to race like that, then... You know, yeah, this race is basically fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. W- you know, we can all do it then. And later in the race, coming up to the famous turn two again. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, Nico went the long way. He went around the outside of Magnussen, and then Magnussen decided to run Magnuson him out of. Magnussen drove straight to the outside. Like he didn't even try and make that corner. He was like, whatever. There you go. I'm now like his wheels are on the white line on the outside, and then he turned across. Yeah. Yes. There's no car width there. Yeah, it was a bit of a um, interesting move by Magnussen. Unfortunately, Everyone the picked up on it. Yeah, FIA did not really like the sportsmanlike conduct that was happening there. What penalty did he get? Uh, I drive think he got penalty? a drive-through penalty. Yes. So no, af- he got a ten-second penalty. A uh, ten-second penalty. So after the race, yeah, in the paddock, in the little pen where they all do the interviews, um, yeah. Uh, Hulkenberg come up to Magnussen and basically was like, you know, thanks, mate. You know, congratulations on being the best unsporting driver or something again this weekend. And then Magnussen just turned around and said, suck my balls, mate. (laughs) It was not the most witty of um, responses I've ever seen. No. I think he got his point across. Yeah. uh, Renault tweeted, you will not believe this. But this is dinner tonight, and it was spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> yeah. So um, I read a few comments on the internet. They're like, see, Magnuson actually just wanted to have a nice one-on-one dinner with Hulkenberg <laughs> over a nice plate of meatballs, and he <laughs> saved him some <laughs> that he should maybe reheat. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Another one. This is the first time that we've had a Scotsman and a Canadian team up in a pair. That's an interesting fact. Interesting means nothing. Fact, means nothing. <laughs> anyway, so the rest of the race. So Hamilton was actually showing some pretty good pace when he caught onto the back of Valtteri. Yeah, yeah, it was. He he once he got up, pushed up onto the back of Valtteri. Valtteri was really holding him up. Mm. So the team pretty much let him go. It was like, all right, Valtteri's going to let you go into turn like whatever the turn was. Like you know, stay. Out, he's going to stay out wide. Just pass him. Go. You've got five laps to attack, Raikkonen. Yes. And then those five laps turned into, you've got five more laps, Lewis, to get him. And he's like, no more, pre- no pressure then. All right. Then there was 20. And <laughs> the, yeah, I swear it went forever. And he just, they just couldn't pass. The track is hard to pass on. Every time you get close, it's like these Mercedes just can't follow again still. It's definitely a weakness, I think, on their car. I'm not sure what it is. The Ferraris, like even, um, Raikkonen was managing to follow quite close behind Vettel because obviously Vettel had the the problems. Raikkonen should have won that race. He probably should have. Um, I think if he was given the go-ahead to actually race uh, Sebastian, I think he would have passed him. We know Ferrari's trophy hunters and they, like... Well, they're looking for a championship and I don't... I can't... uh, I can't fault what they did. I know why they did it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just simple. I was... Were you surprised... That Hamilton gave the position back to Bottas, especially after it got to like a seven-second gap. Because I was watching this with mate, 
And we were there watching going, oh, he's never going to give his position back now because Bottas didn't come along with him. It would yeah. be one thing if Bottas was like, I, I'm going to stick two seconds behind Hamilton, you know, out of the dirty air, but close enough to still be able to close up, move up on the gap, close it up, and then get your position back after these five laps, five yeah, more laps, five more laps. He just couldn't hang with it, could he? And then to see in the last lap, Hamilton pull back so much that I was like, what's happened to Hamilton? And then, God, you wouldn't really want to leave it any later or any... Um, <laughs> I think he timed it perfectly, to be honest. It he was one did. of the best. Uh, if you're going to let someone pass from that far back, it was one of the best ones I've ever seen, to be honest. He was just last lap, last corner. Like, eased off. Timed it let, perfect. As soon as Bottas got up the inside and accelerated away, you could just hear in Hamilton's car, not loud pedal down to the ground, like, I've got Max coming less than a second behind me, and he is hunting everyone down. Because this is Max, we haven't talked about Max got the 10 second drive through penalty. Actually yeah. stayed out till lap 42 or 40 before he pitted. Did a crazy long run on his um on his first set of tyres, yeah. He, he could have won that race if he didn't have that 10 second penalty. And this is what's more the frustration with Ricardo, The pace that those Red Bulls had and how long they ran on those tyres. Yeah, it's something that um Max downplayed, obviously. He didn't want to... He's like, oh, I don't think we had the pace to be able to pass anyone, but we were. it was good to be able to stay with everyone. But I think everyone else at Red Bull was of a different opinion. Yeah, going, no, we Christian had a chance Horner, to win this. Christian Horner, when they interviewed him after the race, his view was, basically, we've had a very shit day because we had both our cars... They had race-winning cars today. ...affected by one incident. Mm. So not only was Daniel taken out of the race and Daniel could have done quite well in the race. Max got a 10-second penalty for taking Daniel out. It was a double whammy for them, and it pretty much shut their weekend down. They mm. just had to consolidate from what they had. Yes. Um, we're running quite late again. It's not like us to run late. <laughs> so we'll quickly round out. Sebastian Vettel came home first, extended his championship lead. Did an awesome drive to Vettel over mm. the weekend. That car had some serious steering issues oh. in the race, and he managed to. He was saying as soon first. as they put it down on the grid, it wasn't straight. Yeah. Then they changed the set of tires, hoping it'd fix it. Still didn't. By the end of it, you're like, he's got so much left hand down, it wasn't funny. Yeah, and every time he seemed to hit a curb, it made it worse. Mm. Um, so that he had to run pretty much the whole race without jumping curbs, curbs. which at this track you have to mm. uh, to get lap time, and he did an, a great effort. And yeah, and at the end of the race, he was straight up like everyone's like, "Oh, how was it with the steering?" He's like, "Ah, in the end, doesn't matter." Yeah, no one doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, so Kimi come home third, really a uh, second, sorry, really good result for him. He he once again looked stoked on the podium. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, he looked uh, over the moon. The Finnish people on podiums just love to drink their champagne before they shake it up. Yeah, they definitely don't want to waste that good champagne, do they? Ah, oh. both of them once again started drinking the champagne before spraying. New champagne sponsor. I did see that. Carbon. Yeah. I was like, where's mum? What happened to mum? Because I was there going, why, when they're in that cool down room, why are they welcoming carbon? I'm like, oh, you guys have had carbon fiber for ages. (laughs) 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 And then, yeah, it's like, oh, new champagne sponsor. So that's, that's little things. Did did you see the halo on the, on the um, podium? On on the podium is not a bad looking halo. It was very quick. It was only up there for a little bit. That no, halo I, flashed I, I up d- just to give everyone 
quick look at it. I did I did miss it to be honest uh, when it was live, but um, looking at the the, the the slow motion photos and stuff that have come out, it was uh, it was good looking good looking uh, Halo. Not not a bad Halo. <laughs> um, for you guys that don't know what happened or missed it, I'll link the video on the show notes. Put the photos there. Uh, one of the what are they called? Ambassadors, promo girls. She was a, grid- a Pirelli, Pirelli, a Pirelli girl. girl anyway. That was handing a trophy. Uh, was it a trophy? Or hats. 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 Handing hats. hats. Uh, to the drivers. They don't give trophies to the promo girls. No, they don't, do they? They get, uh, you know, politicians and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, the people that we care about. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, they've come out, handed the hats, Um, got quite windy on the podium, and their their skirts are very... um. Light. Yes. She put on a bit of a show for everyone, especially down downstairs. Down below, yep. And she got a good shout from all the teams. They were quite happy They're about like, yeah! the situation. So what her dress flashed up, you saw her butt. Yeah, yep. And yeah, the halo is anyway, you guys You can, you can have you a look at the pictures and you can yeah, you can work out what we're talking about. <laughs> um that is us done and dusted. I'm not even gonna worry about asking you for who you think's gonna be the V eights because they are still like seventeen days away before we get a chance to watch Scotty them. Scotty McLaughlin. Scotty McLaughlin. <laughs> All right, there you go. Done. We will be back after the Sydney Motorsport Park episode and then we've probably got another two weeks off after that. So we're in our holiday period. Yeah, okay, um, relax a little bit. Thanks for everyone. This is a good first half of the season. So thank you all for sticking with us. If you do like the show and you want to help out, um, reviews on any of your podcasting apps, they really help us out. Especially like with iTunes, the only way they promote anything is if you got reviews on your show. So if you guys can leave a positive review, preferred positive, but if you want to leave something else, Feel free, I guess. Can't stop you. Um, if you got anything you want to let us know, if there's anything we missed or you want to tell us, email us at breakinglate at gmail.com. Hit us up on our website. We're www.breakinglate.com or you can head over to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash breakinglate. But that's us. Done for another episode. Yep. You got nothing to add? No, I think I've got a majority of it in there. I only left half of it out. <laughs> it's really hard with these double episodes sometimes. It is, it is. But, you know. Streamlined. Streamlined episodes. We caught to the main things and that's it. <laughs> so we will see you guys next time. Catch you later. See you. Bye. Bye.